Hey, everybody. Welcome to Making Sense with Dustin Lamontang from Mackey Research Capital. My name is Bryn Griffiths, and Dustin joins us this week. As always, how you doing? Great, Bryn. How's yourself today? Fine, thank you. You know, in the news lately, actually in the news the last few years, we keep hearing the word China pop up. It's a, it's a powerful, powerful country, and we know that it has, uh, you know, it's got fingers into everything. Where do you want to start with China? This is a big topic today. Well, it, it's uh, it's one you know you could you could probably do ten separate podcasts on. Sure. I mean, I just wanted to touch base, uh, you know, about what's going on in China from a from a macro perspective. We could uh, we could do separate topics in the future, which specifically focus on sectors within China. Um, I, I kind of wanted to just give uh, large, uh, broad brushstrokes today. Um, you know, talking about China because it, it's it's really we've never seen anything like it from a an investment perspective in terms of its the one country's impact on demand in so many areas. Um, You know, and I think we all found that uh, we discovered that very quickly in the pandemic where we couldn't get certain goods and services because China makes, for instance, uh, 90% of the components for uh, bicycles. Um, That's just one example, right? So, uh, when, when you look at a, a country that big, and, and, and by the way, they're forecast to be the largest economy by, uh, by about 2030 in terms of GDP. Okay. Um, they've been growing for the last 30 years at, at more than a 6% compounded rate for, for GDP growth, which is just, you know, it's, it's massive. You combine that with the fact that they've, they've uh, adjusted their, um, the one-child policy. In, in the last, uh, I think it was maybe four or five years ago, um, whereas they used to only allow families to have one child, they, they can now have more than one. Uh, and that, that's going to cause, uh, because what was happening is their population was getting a little bit unbalanced. There was uh, quite a bit more uh, boys than girls being born, um, which, which was causing the, them to have a you know demographic problem probably by 2040 or 50. Right. So they've, they're, they're working on a solution for that. And as a result, you've got, you know, 1.3 billion people, probably they're going to add, you know, 200 million people in the next uh, decade, which is, which, you know, is just huge for growth within, within the country. Um, I, I've read before, uh, and I think it was on China Daily, just a website that I follow, uh, China adds the infrastructure of a city the size of Vancouver every single month. Isn't that unbelievable? So think, it's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. Yeah. You, you think about that. I mean, you, you're, they're building infrastructure for 2 million people a month because subsequently that's the amount of people that are moving still from rural areas to cities every single month. Hmm. And there's still literally half a billion people that live in rural areas that need to migrate to cities. So whereas you, you saw in Canada, we probably went through that process, you know, 60, 70 years ago, the migration from farms to, to larger centers, that's still going on in China. And it's creating huge demand still for things like agricultural commodities, uh, cement. They use 50% of the world's cement, Bryn, which is, to me, that's just astounding. Um, iron, uh, copper, steel, of course, nickel. Um, not, not to mention the demand, uh, energy demands for uh, an emerging middle class on a country that has 1.3 billion people. Uh, you look at, uh, you know, natural gas demand, oil demand. It, it's 
you know, I, I kind of chuckle when, when I hear that the world is at uh, peak energy demand for fossil fuels, because, um, whatever your thoughts are from a carbon perspective and, and, you know, the, the air definitely, I don't, I don't think anybody is anti clean air, but, uh, China's still building coal plants. Um, when, when you talk about, uh, energy, they, they just can't keep up. It, they, they're installing wind and solar like crazy, and they still have to build coal plants to meet those additional energy needs. They just can't build it fast enough. So uh, from that perspective, it's it's fascinating what goes on in that country. I, I got a chance to go there in, uh, in 2019. I was in uh, Beijing, went on a trip with uh, my uncle and I. Uh, went there and, and we saw firsthand the type of growth that's uh, that's going on. And then in 2013, I was in uh, was in Hong Kong and Macau uh, and saw the growth going on there. So um, we 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 can't even you know we we look at the Anthony Hyundai project in Edmonton and we think that you know what a, what a big project. Yeah. Well, China has uh, you know uh, a thousand freeways, the size of the Anthony Hendy being built at any given time. And they're in the process of building 5,000 airports. Um, so r- regional, regional air airline travel has just begun to take off in, in China. The, the old hub and spoke model, like is so prevalent in North America. Um, that that's going to create huge demand on, on resources as well. So when I, when I look at the investment story, um, I've, I haven't invested directly in China and you can do that. There's a number of good funds or, or ETFs that you can get direct exposure to China. I've always thought to invest uh, more on an indirect. So I, I've always uh, thought that the, the copper producers would be a good way to benefit from the demand coming out of China. Um, I'm, I'm not so not so keen on putting money into their market. I think it's still filled with a lot of grift and fraud. So uh, I wouldn't be putting money directly into Chinese stocks, but I like the, uh, the indirect aspect that um, the exposure to China can, can bring. And I, I've, I've mainly invested in, in the mining sector to, to benefit from the, the boom going on in China. Of course, there's other areas as well. Um, you know, I think 90% of the world's appliances, for example, are, are manufactured in China now. So, um, Without a doubt, it's it's an area that uh, every investor should be paying attention to, um, and, and not only China, but the rest of uh, the rest of Asia as well is is experiencing huge huge growth demand. So uh, there, there's some there's some Canadian companies that uh, have done a really good job of growing their Chinese business. One I'll mention is just Manulife, the big Life Co. Um, they have a significant um, uh, Chinese retail operation, and that's headquartered out of Hong Kong. I've actually been at in their building um, over there, or one of their buildings anyway. And uh, it, it's it, it's just a great area um, of the world, uh, d- despite what you you think of their their politics and their human rights and everything. From an investment perspective, uh, I find it fascinating because you. you being a North American, you can't comprehend the growth that, that continues over there. See, you, you touched on something I've just been thinking about. We live in a country that is physically bigger than China, and yet we only have 38 million people in Canada. I'd like to comprehend 1.3 billion people. I, just, I don't think we can do it here in Canada, can we? We just can't get our head wrapped around that. No, you, you, if you're if you're in a subway terminal in one of the densely populated Asian cities, you feel know what it's like to feel like an ant 
because just people everywhere crisscrossing. Um, and we just don't have that same, uh, you know, maybe if you go to New York, Toronto, or, uh, Chicago, something like that. Uh, but even those cities are not near as, as, uh, as densely populated as some of the, uh, the Asian centers. So, um, it's just, yeah, it's, it's, just it's, it's incredible to me. And it's also competitive. You're right about that. Hey, if somebody wants to talk more about China with you, how can they do that? Uh, give me a call on my cell phone, 780-905-7729. Or uh, you can reach me by email uh, 24-7 at com. Beautiful. Thanks for your time as always. And we'll check in again next week, okay? Thanks, Bryn. All right. Thanks for listening, everybody. This has been Making Sense with Dustin Lamontang. Have yourself a great day. 